Well, today is March 8th. You're listening to Born on This Day podcast. Thank you for listening. I'm Marco Timpano. He's a man, and I'm Amanda Barker, and I'm a woman. And the reason that I'm noting that is because it's March 8th. It's International Women's Day. Well, happy International Women's Day, Amanda. And happy International Women's Day to you, Marco. And to all our listeners. Um, you know, uh, in years past, I've attended uh, Women's Day celebrations and marches. This year, I'm just going to work my butt off with a bunch of women. Oh, that's that's fun. Yeah, with some of the women that uh, I admire in my life, uh, people who have employed me, um, people who have guided me and mentored me uh, in various facets of my life and career careers. So, um, yeah, but I hope everyone is having a wonderful Women's Day, no matter how you choose to celebrate. That's right. International Women's Day on March 8th each year celebrates the social, economic, and political achievements of women around the world. Don't mansplain me your (laughs) Women's Day. I'm trying to save for listeners. Okay. Okay. The day also brings international awareness of gender (laughs) parity, or to gender parity, rather. According to the World Economic Forum, Global Gender Equality, I should have let you read it, Global gender equality is estimated to be achieved by 2133 but covid has set us back uh about 25 years oh, because no. women are at home and taking care of the lion's share of housework while still working so it's been it's been tricky certainly in right. the past while um but no matter what you're doing uh remember to continue to try to find gender parity in healthcare, education arts and entertainment pay of course uh, and, um, you know, just uh, around the world, too. Maybe maybe you feel like you're in a good place, but there's lots of women around the world that aren't. It's a great day to uh, contribute to them in any way that you can. There you go. Amanda, March 8th, if you were born today, your personality traits show that you are endowed with a sensitive personality. You are in- ambitious and hardworking. You are impartial with your judgment and always make the right decision. You have a developed curiosity in knowing novel ideas, Amanda. Interesting. Interesting. Interesting list today, too. After graduating high school, Freddie Prince Jr. moved to Los Angeles to pursue acting, following in the footsteps of his late father, Freddie Prince. He had his first film role in the Michelle Pfeiffer drama to Jillian on her 37th birthday. He appeared in the film version of the play The House of Yes, but broke out as a teen star with his performances in I Know What You Did Last Summer and its sequel, as well as the teen version of Pygmalion, She's All That, in 1999 roles followed in the scooby-doo films a season of 24 and the romantic comedy head over heels he did attempt his own show freddie but it didn't last past the first season and currently he focuses on voice work in the star wars universe and also on robot chicken he will soon be seen though on the punky brewster reboot maybe he plays her love interest he has been married to frequent co-star sarah michelle geller i believe they met in i know what you did last summer uh, they've been married since 2002. That is quite a marriage. And was born on this day in Los Angeles in 1976. I remember they got married in Cabo. Oh, wow. Well, he <laughs> he plays Punky Brewster's ex-husband. Yeah, that's, that's really Because exciting. remember, I said, that's him. That's the guy. What's him? What's the guy? I saw it on the on the commercial. I was like, that's Freddie Prince. He's finally on screen again. Junior. Junior, yeah. Well, not his dad. No, not his dad. Another <laughs> 90s teen star. It'd be weird if she was married. <laughs> that the whole 
Punky Brewster was that she had been married to Freddie Prince. Well, Freddie Prince is long dead. Yes, yes. I know. Okay. So that's why it would be weird. It would be weird. Another 90s star, James Vanderbeek, became famous as uh, the lead character on the hit drama Dawson's Creek. One of Bill's favorites. Is it? Yeah, he loved that. Really? I never yeah. watched it. Um, which led to roles in the films Varsity Blues, Scary Movie, and The Rules of Attraction. He later made guest appearances on One Tree Hill and the miniseries The Storm. He was on a season of CSI Cyber. I don't even remember that one. Mm. And was a recurring guest on Ryan Murphy's Pose. He was born on this day in Cheshire, Connecticut in 1977. Love this next person. She was quite a talent. One of the cinema's greatest dancers. It's hard to break through when you're a dancer, but she did it. Sid Charisse began studying ballet as a child. She joined the Ballet Russe at the age of 13. She began dancing on film under the name Lily Norwood in Something to Shout About and as a Russian dancer in Mission to Moscow. Then after dancing opposite Fred Astaire in the Ziegfeld Follies, was offered a seven-year contract for MGM. She appeared in many musicals and her her singing was usually dubbed, but audiences were still very taken with her exceptional dancing skills, displayed beautifully in The Unfinished Dance, Singing in the Rain, The Bandwagon, and Silk Stockings. She played rare dramatic roles in such films as Twilight for the Gods and Two Weeks in Another Town. Then as film roles slowed down, she performed in a nightclub review with her second husband, Tony Martin. She made her fi- final appearance in a French TV movie in 2008 at the age of 86, and she died the same year. She was born to Tula Elise Finkley. I didn't know that. I always thought she was French. Right. Okay. <laughs> With a name like Sid Charisse, although Sid was always interesting to me. But Tula Elise Finkley on this day in Amarillo, Texas. How did she get the name Sid Charisse? I don't. That is no. But I always thought she was from France. Isn't that funny? That Even though funny. she didn't have an accent. So, mm-hmm. oh, that's so funny. Uh, anyway, she was born. Uh, in Amarillo, Texas in 1922. That's something we've learned today. Well, Amanda, the very handsome Aidan Quinn impressed audiences with his crystal blue eyes in his notable early films. In the 1984 drama Reckless and the still adored adored, 1985 comedy Desperately Seeking Susan. He was in that? I don't, yeah, sure. I just remember Griffin It's been a long time since, you know, it might be time for us to rewatch it. Because there's more than just Madonna hanging around on a bed. Right. You know, Was talking. it a mystery? I don't, I, it, well, they were finding Susan and Madonna helps her find her. I thought Madonna was Susan. No, I think Rosanna Arquette was Susan. Who was Aiden Quinn? You know what? We need to watch Okay. It. Well, he played a gay man dying of AIDS in the groundbreaking TV movie An Early Frost, for which he was nominated for an Emmy Award and was featured in Roland Joffe's The Mission. I remember that. The mission was great. Before breaking out as a star in the 1987 hit comedy Stakeout. He was in that? Richard Dreyfus. Aiden Quinn is who you're talking about. Yeah, no, but Richard Dreyfus was in oh. Stakeout with, I think, Rosie O'Donnell, wasn't it? I don't know. Okay, anyways, who cares? Uh, maybe. Right? Yeah, but he Whatever. Was anyways, he followed with roles in The Handmaid's Tale. He was in that? He was in Handmaid's Tale? I think the movie. <laughs> the movie with What's-Her-Name. What movie? The Handmaid's Tale, the movie. Oh, I don't remember The original that. movie with What's-Her-Name from Downton Abbey, who plays Hugh Bonneville's uh, wife. Oh, really? She was? She, oh. she was in it. She was the star of that film. Oh. Yeah. 
Anyways, he was also... Aiden Quinn, we don't know your career. I'm trying to think of anything. I know we're in the mission. I think he was in like Betty and June. Yes, Avalon, Betty and June, and the thriller Blink. All I remember him from is Betty and June. If you ask me, Aiden Quinn, I'd be like, he did Betty and June and that was it. No, he did the mission. He was great in the mission. He played Brad Pitt's brother in Legends of the Fall. Oh yeah, that one. Co-starred in Neil Jordan's Michael Collins and joined the Ladies of Practical Magic in 1998. Also a great film. Really? What's that one? It's a fun film. They're witches. Okay. It's, um... That's another one we should watch. It's uh, Nicole um, the Aussie there who was married Nicole to Tom Cruise. Nicole Kidman? Yeah, and then uh, Sandra, uh, the one who was in Speed. Sandra Bullock. <laughs> I get that confused with the witches, of, the witches of Eastwick. No, it's like an updated, the funny, like it's it was the 90s version. Okay. But how about that? More recently, he was a regular on the series Elementary and played Ro- Theodore Roosevelt in the TV movie The American Guest. He was born on this day in Chicago in 1959. <laughs> well, um, Susan Clark began performing with the Toronto Children's Players as a teenager. At 12, she appeared in a production of Silk Stockings. We were just talking about it with Sid Charisse, with Don Ameshi, and it inspired her to study at RADA in London after high school. She moved to L.A., began working on TV before getting key roles in the films Banning, Madigan, and Coo- Dugan's Bluff with Clint Eastwood, later was in Airport 1975, and the Canadian films Murder by Decree and Porky's, but she's most famous for her leading role as on the sitcom Webster as Catherine, co-starring her real-life husband, Alex Caress. Always nice when you get to play with your spouse. Mm-hmm. She earned a Golden Globe for the show, then after its conclusion appeared on four seasons of Emily of New Moon, which is another one I'd like to watch because I love those books. The show ended in 2000 and it appear, she appeared retired at that point. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, well, who knows? She was born on this day in Sarnia, uh, Ontario in 1943. Do you know who she played in Porky's? No. Cherry Forever was her name. Okay. She was a stripper. Anyways, okay. I'll never Your joy with Porky's just shows the type of nine-year-old boy that you were. Can I celebrate Susan Clark on International Women's Day? Playing Cherry Forever? Just boobs, boobs forever. <laughs> okay, anyways. Singer and actor Leon has been performing since the early 80s, but came to prominence with his performance as the innocent bystander who was accused of murder because of the color of his skin in Madonna's controversial Like a Prayer that video. Guy, that guy, remember? him? He comes to life. He's yeah, the, he's the statue, he's right? He's the statue. Yeah. Comes to life or something. Do you remember seeing that video when it first came I, out? I feel like that might not be what happens in the video, and Bill's freaking out right now, going, It was at the statue! He was the other guy! Anyways, the popularity of the video led to roles in The Five Heartbeats, Cool Runnings, Cliffhanger, and Waiting to Exhale. Later, he was on Oz, Diary of a Single Mob, and appeared in the 50 Cent film Get Rich or Die Trying. This year, he will be seen on City on a Hill. He was born Leon Robinson on this day in New York City in 1962. I believe it's 50 Cent. Okay, yes, yes. And it was Don Amici <laughs> before. The, oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. The 50 Cent. Remember the, there was all those burning crosses and Madonna was like swaying yeah, and singing? Just like a dream. Yeah. Uh, I was playing a nun at the time in Lilies of the Field and that was like my... I always have a... Inspiration? A, that yeah, the, honestly, I always have like a signature song for each... <laughs> Uh, not each role I play, but each each theater thing because you know theater's a longer process. Sure. Uh, I mean, I was thirteen, and I was the youngest, the youngest nun by a long shot in that 
production and uh, they all thought I was like 20 or whatever so they cast me not really <laughs> I was 13 That's great. and um, anyway I played a German nun but in my mind I was Madonna <laughs> on the burning cross field <laughs> okay. dealing okay. with Catholicism anyway Cameron Mannheim began working as an actor while completing her MFA at New York University supporting herself as an ASL interpreter and job coach before breaking through in Tony Kushner's play Hy- Hydrotapia I I I'm so here I am saying I'm an actress and I don't know how to say that but hydro hydriotapia apparently Tony Kushner wrote it I'm sure it's great she won an obie for it uh nope she won an obie for Craig Lucas's missing persons wow sorry Cameron she made her film debut in the notorious Brian De, De Palma film The Bonfire of the Vanities but gained prominence with her Golden Globe and any winning role on the practice for on which she appeared for eight seasons during this time she appeared in the films Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion Mercury Rising What Planet Are You From and episodes of Will and Grace in Boston Public she later co-starred on the ghost whisperer and most recently was in dolly parton's heartstrings and the show Stumptown. she was born on this day in caldwell new jersey in 1961 she was so breakthrough because she wasn't skinny that's right john capellos is a character actor best known for his role in the john hughes films of the 80s as the janitor in the breakfast club and the prospective groom in 16 candles do you remember this guy, Amanda? Yeah, yeah. He had kind of receding hairline, smarmy kind of oh, okay. thing. Kind of, he he was really good at playing a, a douchey guy that you kind of, I don't know that you love to hate him, but you okay. certainly hated him. I see. Yeah. Later roles inclu- were in Ro- Roxanne, Defenselessness, or Defenseless, and The Shadow. <laughs> he was a co-star with in, of the cult favorite series Forever Night, and had roles in Legally Blonde. The Deep End of the Ocean, and on Justified, Graceland, and Republic of Doyle. Most recently, he was in the Oscar-winning The Shape of Water and the Netflix series The, the Umbrella Academy. Hmm. He was born on this day in London, Ontario in 1956. I don't know who he was on that. I, I didn't realize that. he was Canadian either. Yeah, he remember, he's the groom, not to Molly Ringwald, but to her <clears throat> sister, who who's oh. like takes tranquilizers or whatever, or Valium, right. and, and goes down the aisle all crazy. Um, he was kind of... Dicky to Molly oh, Ringwald. this guy. Yeah, but he was the janitor in The Breakfast Club, okay, too, right? So okay. you hated him in both of those roles. I didn't know he was Canadian. Me neither. He's Greek-Canadian like Bill. Yeah. Lynn Redgrave had a small role in her brother-in-law's Oscar-winning film, Tom Jones, before shooting to stardom and receiving an Oscar nomination for the 1966 comedy Gregory Girl. Sorry. Georgie Girl. Right. Much more famous than Gregory Girl. Gregory Girl was Bill a great film. hates <coughs> us No, today. Bill loves us. Listen, Gregory hey Girl there, is my wo- Georgie girl, Georgian up the place with your Georginess. That's how it goes, I think. She had a lot of Georgie style. <laughs> Tired of always being referred to as Vanessa Redgrave's younger, chubbier sister. I get that. She <laughs> she moved to the U.S. permanently and starred in the films The Happy Hooker, The Big Bus. Then in the 80s, became the spokesperson for Weight Watchers, writing the book This Is Living, How I Found Health and Happiness, in which she discussed her past issues with eating disorders. Her film career still on track. She received a second Oscar nomination for Gods and Monsters and appeared in the David Healthgott biopic Shine. She wrote the book Journal, A Mother and Daughter's Recovery from Breast Cancer Upon Her First Diagnosis in 2003. She made her last appearance on an episode of Ugly Betty in 2009, a year before her death at the age of 67. She died just over a year after her niece, Natasha Richardson, and a month after her brother, Corin. 
Oh, sad. very sad. Winner of two Golden Globes. She was born on this day in London, England in 1943. Natasha Richardson was also, I think, in The Handmaid's Tale, the movie. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Uh, Claire Trevor was an ingenue in the 30s, earning her first Oscar nomination for one scene in Dead End and starring in the game-changing John Ford Western Stagecoach in 1939. Then moved to celebrated character roles in the 40s. She won an Oscar for Best Supporting Actress in John Huston's Key Largo, was nominated again for The High and the Mighty, and enthusiastically worked in television in the 50s, winning an Emmy Award in 1957 and appearing in the films The Stripper, How to Murder Your Wife, and The Cape Town Affair, before a temporary retirement from movies to focus on stage work. She came back for movies... For the movies uh, Kiss Me Goodbye in 1982 and appeared on three episodes of television before retiring for good. By the time of her death in 2000 at the age of the tender age of 90, she and her husband had donated $10 million million to University of California Irvine School of the Arts, which was renamed in her honor. She was born on this day in New York City in 1910. Good for her. Yeah. <clears throat> Somebody I've actually seen on stage before, Mickey Dolans, made his debut at the age of 10, also tenderly, under the name Mickey Braddock. On the TV series Circus Boy, he later appeared on Mr. Novak and Pate Place before being cast on a TV show about a rock band called The Monkees, which of course made him a star. The group released music to accompany the show. Their their song, Last Train to Clarksville, going to number one in 1966, and their record sales eventually reaching over 65 million units. I hope they saw some of that. I fear that they didn't. On his own, he sang the songs Splish Splash and Purple People Eater. I didn't realize that. Reunited with the Monkees in the late 70s and performed voice work on Captain Caveman and The Tick. He directed a stage protection, production rather, of Bugsy Malone in the early 80s. More recently, he was on the Halloween remake and an episode of Difficult People. I saw him in Aida um, when it toured in... Uh, maybe 10 years ago oh wow yeah did you not see it nope. with me oh. he was in it yeah he was okay. yeah um anyway <clears throat> not he... the opera the the musical right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. the i want to say it was elton john and tim rice maybe anyway yeah. he was born on this day in los angeles california in 1945 he was good good yeah he was good well louise beavers hopefully she was good was a character actress in hollywood's golden age who like most african-american actors of her era was cast in roles as servants and cooks despite the fact in real life she actually hated cooking (laughs) she began appearing in bit roles while working as an actual maid to actress leatrice joy or latrice latrice joy yeah eventually yeah probably um eventually supporting herself full-time as an actor in films like she done him wrong with Mae West, and Wings Over Honolulu. In 1935, she had her most memorable role as a maid opposite Claudette Colbert in the 1934 version of Imitation of Life. Later was in Holiday Inn, Dewberry Was a Lady, and My Blue Heaven. In the 50s, she starred on the sitcom Beulah, the first show to feature an African-American character in the leading role playing a maid of wow. course yeah. but still good yeah. for her yeah true she worked until her final film The Facts of Life with Lucille Ball in 1960 two years before her death at the age of 60 in 1976 she was post- posthumously inducted into the Black Filmmakers Hall of Fame she was born on the stage in Cincinnati, Ohio in 1902 and we celebrate her yeah. on this International Women's Day most definitely absolutely because I've never I, I'll be honest I didn't know anything about her and now I'm definitely going to go find out more about her 
Thomas Bazucha spent 10 years as a fashion executive with Polo, Ralph Lauren, and Coach before writing his first feature script, Big Eden, found a supportive producer and released his feature debut in 2000. He followed it with the Christmas favorite, The Family Stone, starring Sarah Jessica Parker and Diane Keaton, and the 2011 comedy Monte Carlo. He wrote the screenplay for the Netflix film The Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Society, and this past year released his latest directorial effort, Let Him Go, starring Kevin Costner and Diane Lane. He was born on this day in 1964. And last on our list, Amanda, currently one of Chile's most successful filmmakers, Sebastien Lelio, first gained international attention with his 2013 film, Gloria. Then four years later, wrote and directed A Fantastic Woman and won the Academy Award for Best Foreign Language Film. This That same year, he released Disobedience, starring Rachel Weisz, who celebrated her birthday just the other day, mm-hmm. and Rachel McAdams. And in 2018, remade his film, Gloria, as Gloria Bell, starring Juliana Moore, or Julianne Moore, most critics agree that both versions measure up. Hmm. He was born on this day in Santiago, Chile in 1974. I'd like to go to Santiago, Chile yeah. right about now. I'd like to go anywhere right about now. Fair but you know where I'm going to go? Where? To me. Oh, nice. Because I'm a woman and it's International Women's Day. That's right. <laughs> well, I hope you have a great International Women's Day, Amanda, and same to all our listeners who are celebrating today. Absolutely. Uh, no matter who you are, Um, find a way to support the women of the world in any way that matters and makes sense to you. We hope you have a wonderful March the 8th. Happy birthday if that's you. And thanks so much for your continuing patronage of Born on This Day. Tell your friends about our podcast and we'll see you tomorrow, Amanda. I guess we will.